now this time by. One lap to go, presented by Credit One Bank. Uh, half a mile of fuel is what Ryan Blaney needs. Less than that now. As he works his way through the final turns, Ryan Blaney is going to win his way into the championship four. He wins at Martinsville. Yeah, baby. Let's go, fella. Let's go. Awesome job, man. Let's go race for a championship. So proud of everybody, man. Good job. Well, after two wins in the playoffs, or at least our last two wins in the playoffs, by being by combines, what, one car length? Romania, <laughs> Talladega, Larson, and Vegas. We get maybe one of the more comprehensive NASCAR wins I think I can remember. Uh, that 12 car was absolutely untouchable, and flag hunting cash is a 12-to-1 ticket, a ticket we talked about on this very show just a week ago. So I know Chris always enjoys – um, it's always a bit more satisfying when kind of one of your first leans is, is the one that inevitably cashes on, on Sunday. Um, but yeah, man, the FHP stays hot. Uh, I believe it's our third straight week in which one of us at least cashing outright. Um, obviously had the podcast double there in the middle, so I'm sure you're feeling good, man. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he kicked ass. I, I mean, I don't know if there was, uh, another car really close down the stretch, which is not something that we've been able to say in this sport for quite some time. So yeah, props to that 12 car. That was, uh, that was about as comprehensive as it gets. Yeah. And I think honestly, you know, obviously we want to celebrate FHP's wins and, and all the listeners, but I think honestly as a community as a whole, I feel like the whole NASCAR betting community really cashed. Uh, I, I there wasn't, sure. I, I think I, I think I even texted you when we made the click of like, man, it makes me nervous. Cause there's a lot of people in Blaney this week. Yeah. Um, but Hey, we all cashed the same. We all cashed uh, the same ticket. So that's always good. But yeah, man, he, uh, I felt pretty strong about him last week. Um, you know, we, we had him at the 10 when we recorded, but we wanted to find the 12. We found the 12, so we made the click. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad I did because like you said, I think between him and the 11th, I think Denny had a, had a pretty good car as well. Not nearly as good as Blaney's, especially in the long run, but Denny did have a good car. Um, Denny even talked about on his podcast, you know, he thinks that, uh, he he kind of knew as soon as Blaney, because they had that caution where a bunch of guys stayed out with either or well not stayed out. They took the two tire strategy, or they, um, yeah. or they did stay out basically. And then we had Blaney and, and uh, Hamlin kind of locked back there in about like eighth or ninth, trying to work their way back up to the field. Um, and Denny talked on his podcast about how as soon as Blaney got around him, as they were going getting through traffic, he knew it was over because he was like he had the better long run car and he got past me with a short run. Uh, so that was kind of that was all she wrote. Um. But yeah, I mean, Ford as a whole, man, they continue to impress me uh, at these short on these short tracks. So that'll be something interesting to note going into next year uh, if they can continue this kind of dominance on these short tracks. Something we'll probably talk about tonight. I mean, we've only got one driver, one Ford driver in the final four, but um, you know, the champion last year was a Ford, and we're at another kind of shorter track in this low downforce package. Uh, so um, yeah, I think. As a whole, uh, obviously, really happy to catch the Blaney. But, man, there was some, also some very disappointing cars. Like, Byron, I had a lot of conviction for, uh, was struggling. <laughs> like, almost, yeah. almost did not make the Final Four. Like, at one point, he was – I don't know if you guys caught the radio clip, but he may, came with the radio and, and and told his crew chief, like, if we don't come in down here and, and change every shock and, uh, and wheel on this car, we don't have a chance. And um, that was kind of wild to hear him say. And – um, you know, if Denny wins that race, Byron's not in the playoffs because yeah. 
you know, when Denny was leading, Byron was seven points out, I think. So um, he's very lucky that the 12 car got into victory lane. Otherwise, he's not racing this week. Truex, man, I bet to, Truex top three. I thought Truex, like, typically, you know, we talked about how many times this podcast we talked about when Truex has speed on Saturday, he's going to have speed on Sunday. But that was not the case. I mean, he not that he wasn't bad. Like, he had a good car. He just he got the speeding penalty. Similar, actually, the same exact thing happened to Priest, Priest this spring. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, we, we need to fucking handicap that for next year. That's two Martinsville races in the road. The pole setter on that number one pit stall cost themselves the race, so to speed, in the exact same way on pit road. Uh, that pit stall, and that pit stall is, is – and I wish I remember who tweeted it, but someone tweeted before leading up to the race of how dominant that pit stall typically is in, in any series. And yeah. yet in the last two cup series races, that guy's got a penalty and got screwed. So um, you got to think that teams are going to note that going to next year, but that is something kind of interesting to talk about. Um, and then Priest, Amarola, like Briscoe, like the whole SHR camp, man, they looked really, really good. So um, and at least, at least a positive note for them somewhat going to next year, they're going to have a pretty much a brand new stable, but yeah. Um, you and know, the positive, sorry, I keep getting you off, but the positive for them is yeah, that they good. at least got the short track package down pat. They just need to kind of bolster the rest of the, the way there. Yeah. My, my early prediction for Martinsville spring 2024, Josh Barry, four car takes to victory lane. Barry, not, not a, not a bad short track race on his own. Right. And obviously with SHR figuring that stuff out, it feels like, um, this was one of the more, even, even like heading into Braxton qualifying last week, I feel like most people were kind of in on shr having some speed and uh they obviously showed that on on the weekend so yeah comprehensive win for blaney uh which means of course this is uh the final four set we have a championship four one and four chance uh we've been talking about futures for the last uh you know month two months three months now uh but now it's finally come to a head uh four drivers will be racing for a spot in history for a nascar championship those four of course being Kyle Larson, the winner of Vegas, Ryan Blaney, the winner at Martinsville, Christopher Bell, the winner of Homestead, and William Byron, the only four of the uh, the only one of the four to point his way in. Uh, but those are the four championship contenders. Um, we'll obviously go super in depth about uh, the track, the venue, uh, and obviously who we expect to kind of come out of that. Obviously, if you can li- if you listen to the podcast for the last couple of months, you know kind of where me and Chris stand in terms of uh, our positions and uh, who we are. You know, hoping for. We were hoping to win even before the odds came out um, on Monday morning, Tuesday morning. Um, but of course, Chris will have his thorough preview of Phoenix. Um, I guess that's that's about all we have on Mortonsville. So I know Chris wanted to first talk about. Obviously, this is the fl- this is the last week of the NASCAR season for um, until next February when the Clash comes back around. Um, but it's a bit of, it's a bit of a special weekend. I feel like particularly for Chris. I, I know he. He really, we don't really dive a lot into the lower series uh, on week to week basis over the course of the season, but this is one of the weeks where obviously Xfinity, Trucks, Cup, they're all on the same track. They're all racing for the championship. You know, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, you're going to see uh, somebody's life change, somebody's career trajectory uh, change just like that. And I know he wanted to touch a little bit on the lower series because uh, not only do we, does he have some leans in each of those two races. Um, but I know, you know, we like to ask this tradition, put a little fun parlay together. Maybe we can put a nice, uh, you know, $50 parlay on, on our favorite three bets, uh, from each of the three series and try to juice up some of the, uh, these odds, because as we'll get to later in the show, uh, this is not exactly a week, um, much like the FedEx cup tour championship, not exactly the most better friendly week. If you come in without any features. So we'll try and get you guys sort of with that, try to get you guys some positions that are, uh, are profitable for you guys this weekend. Uh, without further ado, yeah, I'll throw it to Chris here for his just overall breakdown. Obviously, the track we're at, Phoenix Raceway, 
uh, as we've been for the last, I guess, three, four years um, in the championship. I'm not entirely sure when we pivoted off a of homestead, but it feels like three, four years ago. I think it's three. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, without further ado, Chris, take it away. Phoenix Raceway and uh, championship weekend, special weekend for you guys in the sport of NASCAR. Yeah, sorry. I'm also kind of trying to juggle my pets here as my cat is climbing across my desk and the dog is trying to take out the cat. So, um, yeah, so Phoenix Raceway, championship weekend. This is, like Ian said, it's a really fun weekend. All three series are here. We're going to have action Thursday through Sunday. Um, I know friend of the pod and king of the NASCAR uh, betting industry, Dirk Yoder, is going to be there in attendance for the second straight year. Um, so pretty cool uh, to have him live on set. I, mean, I, I know last year he did his uh, Wednesday betting Twitter spaces live from Phoenix. He kind of hosted it from there. So uh, hopefully he's doing that again. So make sure to tune into that on Wednesday. But yeah, um, you know, say what you want about Phoenix. You know, I, it may not be the greatest um, track itself for the championship, but the venue puts on a, a show. Like uh, um, I've, I've heard a lot of people around the industry say, it's not many times you can go to a, a town during NASCAR season and really feel like NASCAR is the main event there. Um, but Phoenix, they really do kind of put the effort forward to make it known like, hey, this is championship weekend. Now, the only caveat to that is the Diamondbacks are in the World Series this year. Uh, so there is another big event in town. Uh, That's but actually really that. funny. That's actually really funny. The fact that our two events, like obviously two of our both our sports, we have a pretty marquee event in Phoenix during the NASCAR championship. You have the Diamondbacks World Series and during the uh waste management open we had the super oh, yeah. phoenix this past yeah, year. So yeah. it's, we've kind of had to play sick of fiddle for the first time maybe in uh in our events history but yeah certainly um underrated sports town i feel like phoenix man like they've been on some really great events and some really unique events uh, across uh, sports yeah i've heard it's a really cool just city in general so maybe a, maybe a future trip out that way but um yeah anyways so Phoenix altogether, like I said, NASCAR puts a lot of money. It's a NASCAR-owned track, so that's another reason why it's kind of been here for so long uh, is because NASCAR likes to keep their championship races at their NASCAR-owned tracks and not hand it over to Speedway Motorsports. Um, so that's another caveat in the land of where the championship race will land um, in the future years because I think I had mentioned um, Vegas as a potential spot. Vegas is a is a Speedway Motorsports track, not a NASCAR track, so we might have to X that one off the list as well because – NASCAR probably won't let that happen. Uh, anyways, getting off topic. So Phoenix, yeah. So it is a uh, one-mile short flat track. So you're going to hear all of that terminology all week from all of your NASCAR handicappers. It's the short flats that we're going to be comping to. So obviously the main comparisons are New Hampshire or Loudoun and Richmond. Um, and obviously the prior races at Phoenix as well. Um, I fancy race. He does list out Gateway as a primary comp um, as well. But I do know that um, Gateway was, they don't use the same package. They use the intermediate package. They don't use a short flat package there. So I cur- I am not using the Gateway data. Um, and then he also has um, Nashville and North Wilkesboro as like kind of secondary comps. But again, I don't really love those because Nashville, the speeds are almost, I think like 40 miles per hour top speed more than what we're going to see this week. Um, and again, it's the intermediate package in the North Wilkesboro I like that better for Martinsville than I do Phoenix. Much shorter, much harder braking in the turns. Um, didn't really seem a great comp for me. So I actually deleted that from the model from last week coming to this week. Um, so that's pretty much just leaves New Hampshire, Richmond, and then the prior um, Phoenix data um, from the next-gen era. Um, so, uh, and then the, yeah, the tire combinations are going to be the same that we used at uh, Richmond and um 
Loudon, sorry, couldn't think of the track. So, um, as far as speeds go, I do like to kind of look at the speeds to kind of see which one I kind of want to label as like my top comp. Um, and it's actually going to be Loudon because uh, Loudon has a 101 average speed, 124 top speed. Phoenix in the spring, we're at 105 average and 130 top. So that's about as close as you can get five miles per hour off in both. Whereas Richmond, we're seeing more of like a 10 to 15 mile discrepancy between the average and top speed. So Loudon is actually the one I'm using as kind of my primary comp for Phoenix. Uh, so with that being said, from a schedule standpoint, uh, we are looking at, and I'm going to kind of hit all three series here. So it's going to be a lot of times coming at you, but for practice, we got trucks Thursday at 8, Xfinity Friday at 7, Cup Friday at 8. Qualifying is trucks Friday at 6, Saturday at 3.30 for Xfinity, and then Saturday at 4.30 for Cup. And then the race, truck series, championship Friday at 10 p.m., 10 p.m. start time, so late time for us on the East Coast. Uh, but the trucks are going to be fighting for their championship uh, on Friday evening. Xfinity, Saturday evening, 7 p.m. start, and then Cup Sunday at 3 o'clock. So... Uh, the only thing I can take away from this um, is trucks and Xfinity. Their practice is going to be a, essentially the same time as their race or pretty close to their race. Cup, we don't have that luxury, man. Cup, we're getting kind of screwed as far as that because practice is, like I said, Friday at 8. The race is Sunday at 3. So we're looking at two completely different times from practice to the race. So that is something to keep in mind when you are looking at the data. Um, you know, some teams just are better when the sun goes down versus when the when it's shining bright. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. Uh, and maybe something to look at from the prior races at Richmond and Phoenix or Richmond and Loudon. Um, however, I think we do have one Richmond night race, so we could probably look at that. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah. So from the data standpoint where the model kind of stands out, uh, we look at the average finish at all those comp tracks. We look at the average qualifying. We're looking at the drive rate and average finish and the career average finish at just Phoenix. So that's in the next gen era and also over the career. Um, we're looking at the momentum factor for the last six races. So that's pretty much the playoffs. Who's kind of had the momentum in the playoffs. Uh, then we're looking at just the short flat total speed, um, just the short flat drive rating and just the short flat loop data, along with just the Phoenix loop data and the uh, Phoenix total speed. And then the Farquad data for just Phoenix. So uh, a lot of, a lot of data points, a lot of good data points. I feel good about having so many, tracks not only the next gen era we have a playoff race we've got a lot of things kind of being thrown at us here so um yeah the model spits out the following for cup uh is number one ryan blaney number two william byron number three kevin harvick number four kyle larson number five joey logano number six denny hamlin number seven chase elliott number eight martin truex number nine seabell and number 10 tyler reddick uh, so yeah, of the championship drivers, we're looking at one, two, four, and nine in the model. Uh, and then I guess Ian will touch on the prices here in a minute. Um, and then I do actually have some kind of like mini models put together for Xfinity and trucks as well. Um, so for Xfinity, we are looking at, uh, I'm only going to be talking about the championship drivers, but Xfinity, we have a number one is John Hunter Nemechek. Number two is, um, Justin Allgaier, number three is Cole Custer, number four is Sam Mayer. And then for the trucks, we have a number one of Carson Hosevar, number two, Corey Heim, number three, Grant Amfinger, and number four, Ben Rhodes. So um, obviously all three series to talk about, so a lot more uh, information coming, in, coming your way. But yeah, Ian, 
I'll throw it to you to, I guess we'll start with the trucks, right? So brother, let's do it. And uh, yeah, just, just kind of comparing your modeling to the odds board. It seems like uh, you and Vegas are pretty much uh, reading each other's mail on this one. Um, as funnily enough, it, it I mean, it, at least according to the odds board, it feels like the cup uh, championship seems to be the most competitive of the three series. Uh, not saying that obviously there's not exactly like a minus 200 favorite in any of the other ones, but uh, it does seem like there's a bit more discrepancy between maybe one and two and, and the bottom three, particularly when we talk, talk about the Craftsman uh, Truck Series Championship, which, as you just alluded to, includes Carson Osevar, Corey Heim, Grant Infinger, and Ben Rhodes. That was the order in your modeling. That is the order on the odds board as well. Uh, Carson Osevar and Corey Heim come in as plus 125 co-favorites. Grant Infinger jumps all the way down to plus 550, and Ben Rhodes is 7 to one to win the championship. Of, of course, uh, I would anticipate we get a few more props on these individual races as the week goes on in terms of the truck race and the Xfinity race, but obviously we record on Tuesday night. So as of right now, all we have is the championship futures. Um, and if you guys don't know, obviously um, the championship four, um, even though it is only a four horse race for the ship, uh, the entire field will race. And it's literally just a one uh, race decider, whoever of the four finishes at the top, they don't necessarily have to win the race, but if you finish above the other three championship contenders, you uh, win the championship. So typically, I know, uh, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I feel like in almost every case that I can remember, the champion has won the race. Uh, it's very rare that you see some non-playoff uh, drivers or non-contending drivers end up usurping the championship four. It tends to be a um, kind of a four-horse race, one, two, three, four, or all, all four of the championship drivers, obviously Chris can bet that for me. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, <clears throat> Hosevar and Heim, the two clear favorites at the top of the truck series, and Finger and Rhodes at plus 550 and 7 to 1 respectively. So it seems like your numbers agree. Do you uh, do you see this as a two-horse race here on uh, on Friday night, Chris? Or do you think maybe one of the 23 or the 99 can uh, maybe cause a bit of an upset to start the weekend? Yeah, I think, um, I think the truck conversation is actually more interesting than the Xfinity conversation. So... Uh, I mean, Xfinity is pretty interesting too, but trucks. So there's, I really do think it's a two horse race. I think the books have it right between Hosevar and Heim. Um, these guys have kind of shown the prowess, especially on the short flats. Um, and Hosevar, man, he has caught some serious team in the playoffs. Um, so, um, but yeah, so the one thing I guess that I didn't touch on that's different from cups to truck, um, cups and Xfinity is going to be pretty lockstep, but trucks, they actually don't race at Loudon. Um, so I don't have Loudon data points. Yeah, they did race. They did race a points race in North Wilkesboro, which I fancy race labels that as as a contract. So we, but we do have a, it's not an all star race. They race a, race a legitimate points race there. They race at Richmond. They race also at IRP in Milwaukee. And when I looked at the speeds for those, all those tracks, Milwaukee actually stands out as the main comp. And the winner of Milwaukee was Grant Infinger. Um, so it brings a really interesting kind of. Um, in conversations, yeah, conversations of this, yeah, because uh, so out of all the comp tracks for the truck series, Grant Infinger has actually won two of them. He's won Milwaukee, he won Gateway. Now, Gateway is obviously, I don't know the the, the scheme like similar to like, like Cups and Trucks and Xfinity, so I don't know if Trucks is, is different as far as like the short track package, intermediate. I would assume it's the same. If that's the case, then obviously Gateway is a different package, but Grant Infinger won that race. Um, now, Carson Hosevar. He won Richmond. He was second at Milwaukee, and then he was fourth European Gateway and North Wilkesboro. So he hasn't finished outside the top five in any of these short flats, um, which is <laughs> really really impressive. Uh, and then Corey Heim, 
Um, his his date actually kind of surprised me because I I could have sworn that he had won a short shorter flat track. Maybe I'm thinking of maybe like the true short tracks. Maybe is what he won. Actually, I want to go bet this because I want to see what he's won. So Corey Heim won Martinsville. Yep, checks out. Yep. Uh, he won Mid Ohio. So that's a uh, road course, and he won Bristol. Okay, so yeah, he won the like short short tracks, but not like the shorter flat tracks. Yeah. But still, I mean, still like I mean, it's there's three guys legitimately in this conversation for like uh, really really being great at these shorter style tracks. Um, now, when you look at the uh, the driver rating for these comp tracks. So for Richmond, IRP, and Milwaukee is what I'm using. Carson Hosovar pretty much stands out. So even though the average finish kind of stands out for all three, Carson Hosovar really, really stands out when it comes to driver rating. When you're really looking deeper in, I don't have like total speed metrics or like loop data for these guys. Um, but Carson Hosovar, as far as driver rating, he was second, third, and second at the three comp tracks, which rates out to be 2.33. Uh, which is first, and then Heim uh, was fourth, fourth, and fourth, so pretty consistent. Um, and Grand Prix was 11th, 8th, and then first in Milwaukee. So Milwaukee's the only one that he really ran it out as the like top driver. Now, Milwaukee was the most current race um, of these comp tracks, so that something is, is to weigh in there. Um, but yeah, for me, when it comes to the short flat prowess, when it comes to the momentum in the playoffs, uh, Carson Hesovar just really stands out above the rest to me. Um, so I'm inclined to pay the plus 125 price and I'm inclined to do that um, early in the week rather than waiting because um, I also pulled in some qualifying data um, and Carson Hosevar pretty much other than Richmond has qualified in the top five at every single short flat. Um, so the only one that has really kind of outdone him is Corey Heim has a pole at North Wilkesboro. He had a second at Richmond and he had a third at IRP, but the other two um, didn't quite qualify as well. So, um, yeah, I think Heim's going to qualify well. I think he's going to race well. I'm inclined to play pay the plus 125. That's probably where my five unit allocation is going to go. Plus, I just really like the kid. I really think yeah. he's going to be a Cup Series driver next year. I think he's got a ton of talent. Um, I think he's going to really be transcendent in this in this next level of racing that they do say that the next gen cup car uh is more similar than the truck than it is the Xfinity car so that should be a more natural progression for Hosevar. um so really really bright future i would love to see him get it done in, in phoenix and kind of close out his lower lower tiered career with a championship yeah and i, I do want to get a quick shout out to our boy full tank phil who uh it's it's coming up on on a year now since we did our nascar draft uh where uh, Chris and five other of uh, you know NASCAR's most famous influencers in this space um, decided to draft a team. They had uh, four spots on their team accessible. One was a one year, one was on a one year contract, a three year contract, five year contract, and a lifetime contract. And uh, Phil kind of went against the grain. Uh, I know a lot of us or a lot of um, the guys up there use their first round pick on an established Cup guy, whether it's Larson or Reddick or Bell, etc., to give that lifetime contract out. Um, and and Phil waited to his last pick to get the lifetime contract out, decided to, to take a chance on a prospect. And the prospect he chose was Carson Osvar, 20 years old as of right now. And uh, that pick is looking very, very strong. So just another plug for Phil. Everyone that listens to us obviously knows who he is. Um, but yeah, that, that, that shows you, man, he's, he's deep in the weeds. He's uh, he's picking prospects in a, in a NASCAR draft. And uh, I think everyone over the last 12 months has, has begun to realize how, how much of a talent this kid is. So, um, yeah, a bit of a bit of a um, 
a duel between maybe two of, of NASCAR's best, like under 22s. Cause Corey Heim, 21 years old, kind of flashed on the scene uh, in that 11 truck this, this past, uh, this past year. I'm not sure what his future prospects are. I think he's going to stay in the cup uh, the truck series for at least one more year, but yeah, would not be surprised to see Corey Heim, uh, following a similar route to Carson over the next couple of years. But, um, but yeah, just, um, just to kind of recap before we get into the next series, but if there is, if there was ever a week to turn on notifications on our Twitter profile on the action network profile, it'll be this week because for me in golf, I produce one card, maybe a live ad every now and again. Um, but Chris is going to have, um, you know, he's going to have action on almost every, on every single race this week. He's going to have ads as the week progresses. So make sure, you guys are tuned in uh, and locked into to what he's on because, uh, yeah, this is <laughs> in terms of a workload perspective. I think this is Chris's busiest uh, time or business week of the year. So we're we're excited to have three races to sweat, and we're going to hopefully start it off with a uh, a Carson Ocevar outright win and a championship win for the twenty year old kid um, out of uh, Michigan, I believe. Right? He's from Michigan. He Ooh, actually don't is. Know. He is from Portage, Michigan. Um, I don't know, or Portage. I'm not sure how they pronounce stuff <laughs> up there in the, in the Midwest. But uh, but yeah, so the first leg of our kind of unofficial podcast parlay will be Carson Osvar at plus 125. Um, and obviously, Chris likes to throw out a few more uh, as the week goes on. I'm sure we'll have plenty of uh, fun bets there, but we'll have one podcast official one, and it will start with that 40 huge truck in the truck series. Moving on into the second race of the three, the Xfinity Series Championship uh, in which we have four drivers that's again have aspirations. I feel like at least two of them are former Cup drivers. All guyer, it feels like uh, you know is kind of in that four A level where he's he I think could probably get a riding Cup, but you know obviously one of the more prolific Xfinity drivers over the last kind of few years. And then you know you talk about young guns, Sam Mayer, twenty years old. Uh, is he 20 years old yet, actually? No, he uh, might be younger than that, to be honest. Yeah, he actually might be a teenager still. Uh, let me check this real quick. Yeah, he's, he just was tw- he just turned 20. Uh, but yeah, Sam Mayer, the kid out of Wisconsin, shout out to our boy Eric, that was his favorite driver. Uh, but really feel like come came on strong kind of towards the latter half of this uh, 2023 season and really made a name for himself and, uh, you know, very much earned the spot into the Final Four. But it, on the odds board, it feels like it's the 20 car of John Hanimacek that is the odds-on favorite. Uh, he is the largest favorite in terms of odds um, of any of the three championship drivers at minus 125 or any of the three championship races at minus 125. Second favorite is the seven car, the uh, junior motorsports number seven of Justin Allgaier. Cole Custer comes in at four to one as the third favorite and Sam Mayer comes in uh, at plus 550. So um, it definitely feels like the books have a lot of respect, obviously, towards the 20 car. Um, it seems like your model does rate the 20 car as well. Is this a, is this enough of an advantage to where you're willing to pay the juice at minus 125? Or uh, do you feel like the seven, the double zero, or the, or the one car can maybe uh, disrupt things here on, on Saturday night? Yeah, I think this one's a two-horse race. Um, I do think the I think the books are smart to put the minus 125 because I do think John Hunter is like kind of clear, clear, very clearly the favorite. Whereas like for the truck series, there's a little bit more of a conversation like, you know, Heim, we just talked about he won the, kind of the short tracks, but not the shorter flats. And then Grandfinger most recently won at the most recent comp. That's not really the same story for, for Xfinity. Uh, because the guy that really would have made a name for himself if he did make the championship four would have been Chandler Smith. Chandler Smith uh, is a serious threat when it comes to short flat tracks. And he's rumored, I don't think it's official yet, he's rumored to be going to JGR next year. 
uh, leaving Cog to go to JGR. So probably maybe taking over the seat, actually. Um, uh, and so Chandler, actually, he's so he won at Richmond and he was second at Loudoun. John Hunter flipped those. <laughs> First at Loudoun, second at Richmond, and Loudoun is my main comp. Um, he also was a sixth place finisher at Phoenix uh, earlier in the year, um, whereas Chandler was also fifth. So I don't know why I'm still talking about Chandler because he's not even in the championship four. But still, I just want to be known like if Chandler was in this, uh, he, that's a really I, I actually bet Chandler a year ago for the truck championship for the same reason because he's he's just so good at these these shorter flat tracks. But yeah, John Hunter by far by far the kind of favorite here. Um, he's technically second in the model of all Xfinity drivers behind Chandler Smith, but he's first among the playoff drivers, but it's a large discrepancy. Um, so I gave you the order of the championship four guys, but the, the order of the like full guys would be, so John Hunter is second. Um, all is ninth. Custer is 10th and Sam Mayer is 13th in the model. So like it is a very, very large discrepancy. Uh, and even when we look at driver rating, um, the only guy that actually boosts his level in the model because of the driver rating is actually Cole Custer. Um, Cole Custer is actually second of all drivers in Xfinity at the kind of shorter flat tracks behind only of John Hunter and Uichek. Um, so um, Custer, as far as driver rating goes, sixth at Phoenix, third at Richmond, fourth at Loudoun. The finishes, however, did not kind of pan out the same way as he finished 12th, 5th, and 22nd. So the driver in it would state that he did have a better car than the finish. So uh, I didn't actually go back and watch those races. I don't know if we had like a late caution or if we had something happen there. But the, um, that's why you look at driver rating sometimes is to kind of see, you know, did they have, really have a better race than the finish kind of turned out? Uh, but yeah, John Hunter, second, second at Phoenix, seventh at Richmond, and first at Loudon as far as driver rating goes. And then I already mentioned sixth, second, first, as far as the finishing position goes. Um, so I've kind of talked a lot about John Hunter. I just mentioned how Custer kind of has shown good performances. Now, the only thing that really brings a real uh, sticking point to even betting somebody else is, I guess, well, first is qualifying. Uh, Justin Allgaier is number one in the qualifying model among all drivers, not just championship four, among all drivers. He's qualified first, second, and sixth at the comp tracks. So, you know, compared to John Hunter, who's qualified 10th, 4th, um, but 1st at Loudoun. Um, so, uh, yeah, Algar, I, I think, should qualify the best of the four. And the real sticking point, again, a year ago, we bet Algar at Phoenix because he is the kind of the course horse at Phoenix. He's a guy that really runs well here. He really runs well at tracks that have kind of like the higher tire where he's really good at prefer- preserving his stuff. Um, just looking at his finishes over like the last, gosh, I mean, I can go back to 2013. It looks like, um, he only has, let's see how many races is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. In the last 17 races there, he only has four finishes outside the top 10. Um, so I mean, we're talking about the Kevin Harvick of Xfinity, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's, that's a great. That's a great comparison. Yeah. I mean, he's just uh, as consistent as it comes, but not even that. I mean, we're talking about of the 17, we've got one, two, three, four, four top three finishes and then five, six, seven top fives. So, yeah, I mean, just Nagar is kind of the course horse when it comes to here. And, and to me personally, it kind of feels like junior motorsports has kind of had the edge here in the playoffs lately junior motorsports have run really really well i mean look they got two drivers in the in the playoffs um so 
Yeah, I, I haven't decided. This is going to be one I'm probably not going to click on Tuesday. I think I'm going to wait because if Justin Allgaier does qualify really well, that might drop Judd Hunter's price to be a little bit more bettable. Um, obviously, we lose out on the value on, on Allgaier, but I'm kind of betting on like maybe we get like more of like an even or a plus 150 number on, on Judd Hunter rather than this minus 125, and then I'd be willing to click. Otherwise, we'll just click Algar if he's still sitting at plus three fifty and John Hunter hasn't moved. So that's that's kind of where I sit. Um, although, you know, like I said, although Custer has run pretty well, I, I'm actually going to steal a quote from. Oh gosh, I don't know who said it now. It was either it was either Chris Worm or it was Denny Hamlin. Which wow, putting those in the same sentence that's kind of wild. But be over the fucking moon with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but one of their podcasts, they said, like, it just doesn't feel like Custer has ever really been, like, the best car in a race this year. It seems like he's always been, like, a second or third best car. Um, and I think I'd agree with that. Like, it doesn't feel like – it feel like, feels like even when Custer has been, like, the most dominant car on Saturday, it didn't quite show up on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, I, although Custer has the cup experience, he's got great equipment, I don't think that I'm – really going to be touching Custer or Sam Mayer, to be honest with you. It's probably going to be between Allgaier and John Hunter. Um, so, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, I guess, what is, so what is, what do you think is the reason that, because it feels like, I mean, obviously John Hunter is, does have the edge in your modeling, but he's like way ahead in terms of implied win equity uh, on this odds board. Minus 125 versus plus 350 is, is pretty stark. So it feels like the, like, like I said earlier, the books feel like they are the most confident in this race versus the other two. Um, do you align with that thinking? Do you feel like John Hunter should be like this far ahead or like on a Tuesday? Are you, was your initial reaction more of like, huh, I didn't expect all guy to be this far behind uh, the 20 car. No, I think it's, I think they're right. Okay. Like John Hunter, I just feel like from a, like I don't compile total speed metrics for Xfinity throughout the season. Like I do cup, but if I did, I'd have to imagine that John Hunter is like by far the fastest car all year long. Like it feels like he's beat himself more than like they've just had a bad car. Like they've, they've had speed everywhere. <laughs> like John Hunter has won. I don't even know how many races he's won, but it's a lot. Uh, let's see. Yep. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's got seven wins this year in the Xfinity series. Um, so yeah, I just think, I just think for me, for me, that car, that 20 car is just, it's on another planet <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. And he's, he's another guy, um, you know, son of a of a former driver as well you know in the in the mold of Orion Blaney in the mold of a Chase Elliott from Mooresville North Carolina shout out uh, 704 um and yeah i mean he kind of took the unorthodox route after having he i mean he was in a he was in a third he was in the cup series at a very young age like 21 22 years old didn't go well for him in that 38 ride and, and really kind of has climbed his way back up into being one of the top prospects i feel like in NASCAR with uh, what he did in truck series just uh, the last couple of years now into the Xfinity one one year in and he's you know now the runaway favorite to win the uh, the championship. So if we're making the move on uh, Tuesday night, if we're gonna make our parlay because uh, I have it I have it queued up here. I want to put my pockets are itching. I want to I want to make a move. So uh, as of right now, I've got Carson Savar in the truck race. I've got John Hennigmacek in the Xfinity race, and that two that two. Uh, man parlay would pay plus 305. So it's uh, not a great number. We have two favorites. Hey, so <laughs> hey, it's all right. It's all right. We got we got time. We got one more race to cover. Um, and even if we pick a favorite, we'll still be in for a pretty solid payout if it were to hit. Um, so without further ado, let's move on to the main event. Sunday afternoon, 3 p.m. like Chris mentioned earlier. 
the 2023 Cup Series Championship. Every show that we've uh, done from February till now has led to this. This is the grand prize, season-long prize in NASCAR. And like I mentioned, the four combatants. Kyle Larson looking for a second Cup Championship. He obviously won back in 2021, just two years ago. And then he is faced uh, with three guys who are looking for the first, looking for a breakthrough championship win. Ryan Blaney, um, who has really kind of, I mean, I think for a lot of people going into the round of eight were kind of surprised to maybe see him still around. Uh, didn't really feel like that 12 team had a lot um, of deuce throughout the course of the 2023 season, had a few wins, but um, but really impressed in that, that kind of penultimate round and now finds himself as the second favorite on the odds board. He is a plus 250. Kyle Larson is plus 170 to win the Cup Series championship. Uh, William Byron. Uh, Kyle Larson's teammate, the second HMS car, uh, was the co-champion. I know he was tied with, on points with Truex. I think Truex technically took the regular season championship, but Byron was right there. He was one of the most consistently dominant cars all year long in that 24 car. Uh, he is plus 275. And Christopher Bell is 41, who, uh, again, uh, the only JGR representation this week uh, in the championship, at least in the Cup Series. And... Uh, of course, made it last year. Uh, didn't really uh, was was a bit of a disappointment, I would say, in terms of uh, maybe his debut performance in the championship. Board. Never really had the car. It felt like of a Logano, of a Chastain, or even of an Elliott. It felt like he was kind of the fourth horse in that race for most of the race. Uh, but now has a chance to atone. Obviously, won at uh, at Homestead uh, two weeks ago, so he had some time in the simulator um, to maybe square some things away and, and do some prep for Phoenix. He is at four to one in the championship odds. Before I throw it to you, Chris, I do want to kind of ask, because this is the only race of the three that we have both outright championship odds for, and we also have outright odds for the race. So I just mentioned Larson plus 170, Blaney plus 250, Byron plus 275, and Chris Rubel 4-1 to one in the outright market in terms of the championship. So just those four. Um, but if we were to scroll up to the race odds, you can get, you know, a bit of a price bump, right? You have Larson at plus 205 to win the race at Phoenix uh, against the other 36 cars. Brian Blaney plus 325. William Byron plus 325. Christopher Bell plus 500. Then it drops all the way down to 14 to 1 for Kevin Harvick. So is this a market where you would rather just, like if you had no future, no investment or anything like that, would you rather just, not get cute, take the championship future, and you know still cash a ticket if your guy finishes second or third and beats the other four or beats the other three guys. Or do you feel enough conviction to maybe take um, take the risk that maybe a Harvick or a Hamlin or a Logano or a Truex jumps their way into contention like Blaine did last year? Um, and you know, would you take the added risk for an extra thirty, fifty uh, cents to a dollar? Uh, on the outright price, what what market would you be looking to attack if you had uh, to choose between the outrights, championship odds, and the race day odds? For me, it's the race odds, um, and I can see the argument. I can see the like. I think last year we pretty much said like, don't even look at championship odds. Like, yeah. don't even do it. Now we're sweating with like fifteen to go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So like, I think. I guess let me start out by saying, I don't know the answer. I think you asked me the question earlier. Has it ever happened in Truck Race Finney? I don't know if it's ever happened in Truck Race Finney, but I know for Cup Series, the winner of the race has never been outside the championship floor. Yeah. Now, there's an argument to be made last year. Ryan Blaney had the best car, and I don't think it's a secret to anybody, but it just happened to be that his teammate was Joey Logano uh, and was the leader. So last year was very sweaty because 
Ryan Blaney could have easily just passed Logano, taken that race himself, and Logano would have probably still won the championship. However, there was concern that Chastain was going to catch Logano. So I think it was smart on Blaney's behalf to, to be co-pilot. So good for him for now not having to play co-pilot this year. Uh, he can now go for the championship himself. So for me personally, since we've never seen it happen, although it was close last year, I still prefer the race odds. Um, if you didn't take championship odds to this point as a future, I think you just focus on the race odds. Um, I do think there is one guy in the field this week that could really be good. And I've seen a lot of people jumping all over his number and it has dropped dramatically. Um, but, uh, I still just find it really, really hard to believe that someone else had championship, especially with these caliber drivers. Like there's, I mean, there's an argument to be made for all four of these guys. I really think to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, there's the likes of some other guys we're going to talk about that I think I really do like this week. But for me, if you're betting on this race, your your main focus should be on the race odds. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about the quality of drivers that we have this year. Because I feel like last year we saw obviously like one of the some of the best cars over the course of the year, whether it was Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex. Actually, Martin Truex didn't make the playoffs. That's that's <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, but it did feel like, you know, you had Chastain, a bit of a Cinderella story, made the championship four. You had Christopher Bell, who, you know, clutched his way through two rounds and made the championship four. Um, you know, Logano was, I think, a pretty much a powerhouse most of the year as well, uh, as was Chase. Um, but, yeah, it definitely feels like this year, between Blaney's history of Phoenix, between Larson and, and Byron's dominance, um, and Bell's acumen on the short flats, just historically, it does feel like the balance of power is a little bit shifted more towards the championship four than it maybe it was uh, just 12 months ago. So, um, and we so have I, one of each manufacturer as well. So like, I, I think yeah. the conversation is a little different if, if maybe we had like two Chevys and two Toyotas and there's no Fords, like maybe we like, okay, let's just in case Ford comes out with like the dominant package, maybe we take the championship odds. But yeah. you know, at the end of the day, like the manufacturers are going to want their guy to win the race. So even if we come out here and we see, you know, Denny have the best car, they're going to want Bell to be the guy yeah. Similar to last year, right? That's, you're going to want your your main guy up front. So, sorry, yeah. I cut you off. But I think also yeah. having one of each manufacturer is also pretty important for for having the race odds over the championship odds. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, okay, so before we get into your prognostication on the championship four, uh, we've all been waiting to hear, let's talk a little bit about the rest of the pack first because I feel like that's maybe a little bit of less compelling debate and we can save the championship debate for the very end of the podcast. Um, but when we talk about you know, obviously, we, we talk about the outright market here mostly. Um, and at maybe no other race, at definitely no other race in terms of the regular season or into the, even in the playoffs, do we see this type of discrepancy of guys that, you know, the top four guys are two, three, uh, two to one, plus 325 and five to one, respectively. You move all the way down to 14 to one for the guy you just alluded to, I'm pretty sure, and Kevin Harvick, who I think a lot of NASCAR Twitter has kind of jumped on at 25 to one. As you've said, his price has dramatically decreased. Uh, but you have Kevin Harvick at 14 to 1. You have Denny Hamlin at 25 to 1. You have Tyler Reddick at 25 to 1. Martin Truex at 28 to 1 at Phoenix. Like, you see some very enticing numbers. It reminds me a lot of the Tour Championship. Now, albeit um, they're not starting 10 strokes back like they do in golf. But is there anyone you can make the case for that could win this race that you actually like the number enough to maybe make a click on Tuesday? Uh, or at least are you keeping an eye on in the outright market as the week goes on? It would have been Harvick, okay. <laughs> um, but at fourteen to one, not. I don't know that I, yeah. I am anymore. I, I wish I would have been on the 
25 30 i think i even saw someone that somehow found like a 35 to 1 ticket like i just that's just absurd um so yeah i think harvick is the guy that obviously ranked third out for me in my model too i think it's the highest harvick rated out all year you know harvick is kind of the the course horse kind of like all guy for the xfinity series um i was just trying to pull up what the exact number is but i, I want to say he's going on like 12 or 13 straight top 10s or something like that I mean, it might be more than that um so did he, yeah, did he finish top ten in the spring? Because I know he he got screwed by a caution. I guess he he still finished inside the top ten, but he just yeah. Like, I'm so I just I ran the the fancy tool on racing reference, and the fancy tool only runs the last ten races. But he's showing his 10, 10 top tens in the last ten races, so it looks yeah. like he did. Yeah. Um, yeah, he finished fifth. He finished fifth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Kevin Harvick, I think, is a guy that I want to keep my eyes on. Um, however. This is also a track that, you know, typically we talk about how Harvick doesn't qualify as well. He actually tends to qualify pretty well at Phoenix. Um, and he definitely knows how to make his way up to the field. So um, from an outright perspective, probably not. However, there is – the top 10 market is stupid, by the way. Like, I mean, yeah. actually, let me, oh, let me rephrase. There's like – the top 10 market is really interesting because they only have actually like seven guys at okay. minus money. Or yeah. even or minus money. And then after that, it's actually, we actually have some pretty favorable odds. So, like, there are some probably some avenues to attack outside of like kind of the top seven or eight drivers, yeah. but the top seven or eight are like heavy minus, <laughs> minus 200 or worse. Um, so that's kind of unbettable. But Harvick, um, and he's not in a group either because I did look at the group market, but he is plus. Oh, did that move? Hold on. For top 10? He's plus no, one top... for top five. Yeah, but I clicked plus 230 like two hours ago. For top five? For top five. Wow. That so that game. so that moved. So I have a plus 230, but I guess I can't no longer talk about that because it's moved. Wow. I cannot. Nice. I have never seen it move that quick. Wow. All better, right. Um, better check Bovada and make sure they haven't rescinded that money. Uh, they've been they have not. It's still in my open bets because that's how I was. I just want to make sure. But yeah. wow, plus 125. I don't like that as much. Hmm. All right. We're going to rethink that one. Wait one second. I have a, I mean it's it's a stupid prop, but it's it's interesting. Okay, do you do you want me to share it right now? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so they have championship championship four versus the field. So Blaney, Larson, Byron, Bell, one of those guys to win minus two seventy five. I know we don't tout like props like this, but it's literally never happened in the history of the Cup Series. Like. Are we scared of anybody except for Harvick and we're getting minus 275 here? I mean, I wouldn't be scared of anybody else, to be honest. Um, I mean, my limits are pretty shit on this on this site, but... Um, yeah, that's I, an interesting... I didn't even see that prop. It, so yeah, feels, it feels kind of... Yeah, it feels like a... I mean, if, if we're just going based on like the outright odds board, it, it feels like they're not really respecting the top four enough, but... I mean that's that's just me. I don't know if you want to like minus two seventy five, but it just it caught my eye because I expected to be like something ridiculous, like you yeah, know Washington's, yeah. Washington's top three price or top five price or whatever. But all right, go on. That's just a, a rogue number I just saw. Yeah, I'm just um that derailed me though. The fact that my the price that I got is, is like way gone because I was I was so excited to tout that. Um, <laughs> hey, it still goes on the official ledger. Yeah, yeah. Well, that kind of sucks. So that takes the steam out of the sales. Um, plus one twenty-five for a top five. I don't love as much, but it's still it's not bad. Like for a guy that I like as much as I do at this track. Yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting. You can get plus three twenty-five for a top three if you think he can kind of be in the mix but not get the win. 
Um, there's also, you know, the top forward, you know, in the case of something did happen to Blaney, mm-hmm. uh, Harvick's plus 425 for top forward. Um, so that's kind of interesting. So I guess needless to say, I'm looking at Harvick, but not in the outright market. I'm, I want to get Harvick in some sort of prop. Um, yeah. I don't know what that will be quite yet, but that's really the only guy that I have a ton of interest in. I know the other numbers are so tempting, like 25 to 1 on Hamlin and Logano. Truex and, 28. And, and Truex, yeah, it seems wild. Yeah. Um, I guess if I'm looking at like, if I'm really digging into the data here, the guy of those three that I'd be most interested in would probably be, I guess it is Hamlin actually. Okay. Um, let me see by how much do I like him by though. Yeah, I mean he's he's actually priced pretty similar to Harvick and Larson. Okay. Um, as far as the model goes. So yeah. that's a pretty pretty big drop off to Chase, Truex, Bell, Reddick. So, yeah, I guess Hamlin would probably be the guy that I would like the most. And obviously, I talked about last week how I, I did invest in that feature and it didn't pan out for me. So, uh, obviously, I liked I liked him before this with the momentum factor. So, yeah, I guess the answer to this question is probably Harvick or Hamlin. Um, yeah. So, yeah, those are probably the guys that maybe not from outright, but I'll probably look them for props. Okay, so here, let's let's do an exercise here real quick because it's very obvious we're not clicking a 14 to 1 or 25 to 1 right now, right? Like, no interest. Yeah. So let's yeah. let's let's go, like, okay, name your price. Harvick, 25 to 1. I can offer you I offer you right now. What do you do? What do, you do? do you take it? Yeah, I'll take that. Okay. Hamlin, 30 to 1. I, I'll give you there right now. That's probably right on, right? Pretty, pretty much right at it. You would take a shot at thirty to one on Hamlin. I think I would. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because because at that at that price we could go unit a piece and still have yeah six units to play with for yeah it's or, thirty to or, one. You can take a yeah shot. Or whatever yeah. Okay, fair enough. So for those y'all listening out there that books maybe be maybe are slower to drop some odds, uh, just be on the lookout. Chris's buy point on Harvick twenty five to one. Anything over thirty on Hamlin is is a is a buy as well. It doesn't feel like there's anyone else worth talking about from the hourly market, unless Chris wants to correct me in that sense. But that is all. Uh, that's all she wrote for the hors d'oeuvres. Let's get into the main course, the championship four. Chris and I uh, have something in common this week. We also are going against each other in some <laughs> respects. Uh, we both have a ticket on Kyle Larson that we've talked about many times in this podcast. Chris has logged on to Action Network. Um, yeah, that's a podcast. To, it's a podcast future. It's a podcast future, seven to one. Uh, and then we have two unofficial ones. Uh, so I mean, if 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 we all want to sing Kumbaya at the end of the NASCAR season, we want Kyle Larson to win. Uh, if we want to be a little bit, you know, if if we want to be a bit more, you know, selfish, individualistic, Chris does have a Ryan Blaney future that he he talented me in a group chat of 30 to one, and I was too stubborn because I was like, he's not good at Homestead, so I'm just gonna wait to get 50 next week at Martinsville. <laughs> Uh, he was great at Homestead and then was 10 to one. And then I was like, I'm not doing it. And now he is in the championship four and plus three twenty five. Uh, sneakily. I think a lot of people are picking Blaney to win because of what happened last year. Phoenix, Chris, uh, of the four championship drivers, Chris has Blaney as the number one overall player in his model or driver in his model. Um, so in terms of Chris's numbers, it feels like Blaney is the favorite. I feel like on the surface as a Larson fan and ticket holder, I don't really understand why Blaney is this far away from Larson at plus 325, but maybe I'm just overreacting because I'm just paranoid like that. Uh, but he is the second favorite alongside William Byron, also at plus 325. Chris Trubell's 5-1. to one. We're talking to win the race. Uh, it's up to you whether you want to kind of maybe risk a potential spoiler in Hamlin, Harvick, uh, Truex, etc. 
but we're talking about race day futures um, here. So, Chris, I'll give you the floor, buddy. Larson plus 205, Hamlin, or I'm sorry, Blaney plus 325, Byron plus 325, Bell 5-1 to one to win the race at Phoenix, to win the NASCAR championship. We've already got hosts of our Nemechek on our podcast, unofficial podcast future, um, or podcast parlay for championship uh, weekend. Give me one driver to add to this and uh, maybe cash uh, a bigger ticket than even uh, we could have asked for with our futures. Oh man, you're gonna make me do one driver. Um, all right. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll do the do the pre, do the conference of preview, but you know, we're 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 trying to approach this as if maybe people are tuning in. Um, you know, for those of y'all that are maybe more golf fans that just want to have some action on NASCAR um, championship weekend, you guys don't you guys haven't been monitoring the futures board like a condor like I have over the last six months, <laughs> trying to just re up on Larson every chance I get. Um, so we're approaching this, and we talked about this before the podcast. Person, this like. We have no investment, just based on price the week of. Who do you like? Yeah, I mean, it's no secret that Ryan Blaney's won the model. So, uh, yeah, Ryan Blaney, not only does he have a really good track record, actually the best track record of the four playoff drivers at Phoenix, um, that dates back not only to the next-gen era, but over the career. Um Actually, that's a lie. The only one who's better than Blaney over the career is Larson. Larson is one spot better in average finish than Blaney. But in the next-gen era, Blaney has been better. Um, when you look at the short flats as a whole, um, as far as total speed goes, it is technically one is Denny Hamlin, two is Byron, three is Harvick, four is Blaney. So... Blaney, Blaney and Byron kind of have the edge there. Uh, but then when I take just Phoenix and just Loudon into account, which are my two main comps, Blaney prevails as number one overall in total speed. Um, so you have that factor, right? The Phoenix factor. Then you look at my kind of momentum factor that I like to bring into play. So not only momentum over the last six races, but this is the playoffs, right? Um this should not be a secret, I guess, right? Because they're in the championship race. But I was kind of shocked to see that literally the top four in drive rating are the championship four. So the momentum factor actually played out as it should. The base, but as far as momentum goes, as far as drive rate and average finish, these should be the four drivers. So that's kind of cool. I have a question. How many how many driver rating points did Larson lose after he crashed in the barrels at Homestead? <laughs> well, to be fair, he's actually still number one. So no matter <laughs> so no matter what it was, he's still number one in the momentum factor. So. I don't think that, I don't think that metric accounts for what Larson did on pit road uh, two weeks ago. But yeah, no, I don't I'd, think so. That'd be curious. I, I'd be interested to see the live the live data pour in as, as Larson ends ends his race uh, trying to beat Blaney on the pit road. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I guess the long and short of this is, if I had to, if I really had to pick my two favorites of the current odds board, I actually think it's Blaney and Byron. So I know that sucks for us for Larson holder, ticket holders, but um, man, Byron we've seen be very very strong, not only at Phoenix in the spring, but he was really really strong um, at both. Uh, where's he at here? Richmond. He's actually better. He was better at Richmond than he was at Loudon. Uh, both races at Richmond, he was pretty good. Really good at Phoenix, though. In the next-gen era, um, third and first in uh, total speed metric. So that's pretty scary, um, which 
now we had that pretty heated argument was that a week or two ago about Byron or Hamlin for for Phoenix and I was pretty strong about wanting Hamlin but now that I'm looking at this it's it's pretty it kind of leans more no, heavily was, in Byron's favor. And so I was I, hoping to God, I was hoping to God that Byron found somebody to choke away at Martinsville. I, I don't, yeah. I didn't care. I knew Blaney was probably getting in based on how he was running. I didn't care which JGR car made it in. Like I was like, I don't want to see a Blaney and Byron. But well, it, it's crazy. I mean, I, this is me saying that you were right. Like I think this whole time I was more scared of of Hamlin or Truex if they got in. Luckily, we had a Truex ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I placed the Hamlin feature because I was more scared just because I felt like they were stronger. But now looking at the data, putting the actual model together, like you're right. You know, Byron, I think is really, really scary. So for me, based on the, with, with no features in mind, just looking at your, our current odds board, I think the plus three twenty five prices on Blaney and Byron are where I would lead. Um, yeah, I agree. And that's scary because I, now I do think now if you take total speed out of it, right. And you just want to look at just, Hey, I don't, if you're just one of those casual betters, just tell me where they finished. Well, Larson's number one, like Larson is number one in average finish at the contracts. He's been he's taken a, a really really nice step forward at the short tracks this year. Like I think coming in to this year, we would say probably Larson's biggest weakness is super speedways and kind of the short tracks. Yeah, he's he's now checked another box. Short tracks, he's got that covered. Um, so now hey, it's just he, super- ran, he ran good at Talladega too. He did not deserve 15. No, points. no, and that, that's what I was about to say. Like yeah. he's 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 getting really really better at super speedways as well. But um, yeah, this. This is really compelling. This is really compelling between these three. I think the kind of odd guy out, the guy I really haven't talked about is Christopher Bell. Yeah. Whereas like he hasn't shown like the total speed, doesn't have the finishes. I think the finishes is just kind of lack of consistency between pit road and, and other factors. Um, but like, man, like when we talk about short flats, Christopher Bell's the guy. So like, it's like, I don't think I've ever been this torn before. Like, I think, like I said, like I said earlier, like I think this is the most compelling championship four that I could have drawn up because like, I I think in, in previous in the past we probably could have written a guy off or written maybe two guys off say like they have no chance to win this but like this year like I would legitimately not be shocked if any of these four win they're all like in the primes of their career all in like the 29 to 30 range like it's a great 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 championship four for NASCAR um but yeah Christopher Bell I think I think this is the only guy that I'm really not I'm not inclined to click the five to one. Like, I think if we saw like a seven to one, like we're seeing on Ben Rhodes in the truck series. Yeah. I think I'd probably click it. Well, um, guess what? We're not getting that because Chris Riddell's going to pull it on Saturday. <laughs> that's a good point, actually. Who, I haven't even looked at my qualifying model. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, even the, the thing is, even if Chris, because I, okay, so I actually didn't finish my thought from earlier. Uh, we both have Larson tickets. Chris has a 31 Byron t- or a Blaney ticket, and I have yep. a, I think 12 or 14 to one bell ticket because I'm just a homer. And that's what I bet before the season even started. Um, so yeah, that's where we got to get divisive. Like Kumbaya off. If Larson wins, Chris is going to be super happy. If Blaney wins, I'm going to be super happy if bell wins and it'll be a desolate uh, afternoon if, if Byron wins. So <laughs> um, yeah, so. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you guys that like, <laughs> I, I feel so weird saying this, but like from a, from a personal betting standpoint i'm probably betting larson because that's the only guy i don't have a lot of stock in um i mean you have you have bell but i guess from a podcast standpoint right the only person we don't have stock in between the two of us you said you're betting byron you said you just said you're betting larson that that's what you said oh sorry 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 yeah (laughs) i meant to say byron yeah yeah so Uh, yeah i got you um but yeah just to be fair to like the podcast as a whole who might have not have any features 
you know, I think it is pretty close to Blaney and Byron for what my click's going to actually be. Yeah. Uh, just since we were talking about the qualifying model, actually, is number one, William Byron. Number two, Christopher Bell. Number three, Martin Truex. Number four, Blaney. Number five is a tie between Larson and Harvick. So, uh, all again, all four championship drivers in the top five. So, like, this is just going to be a this is going to be an absolute mm-hmm. like slugfest, man. I, it really is. This time last year, I was in the middle of the Caribbean. I didn't have service. I I could only check who was winning the race intermittently, and I had a big bell feature, and so it was pretty much over. Like as soon as I like checked stage one, um, I kind of wish it was like that this week because I I don't know <laughs> if my nerves can take watching watching this because when Larson won in twenty twenty one, I also had a championship feature on that, and uh, he needed like a miracle pit pit stop on at stage three to overcome the two JGR cars. So I I don't know, man. Like I know Larson's like. I know Larson's like the consensus favorite on books, but man, I, I don't feel like it's that much of a gap between him and the 24 and the 12. Like I, I do. I mean, I think everyone's in agreement. Bell's the outsider. Uh, it would be the biggest surprise if he wins. And even as a championship future holder, I don't see the 20 winning. Um, but yeah, in terms of just assessing this odds bar to what it is on Tuesday night before the championship, like there's no way I would click Larson at plus 200 when, Blaney and Byron are, are plus 325. So I think yeah. we're, we're in and just to play devil's advocate for a minute, though, like as much as I've been touting Blaney and as much as we saw how much of a contender he was a year ago here, he wasn't as strong as he was last fall in the spring. Like as far as total speed goes, he was actually the worst of the four as total speed goes in the spring race. So if it wasn't play devil's advocate, Blaney second, actually didn't he? Did he not finish second in Phoenix? He finished. Yeah, he did finish second, um, but from a from a from a total speed metric, he was the sixth fastest car. Uh, it was actually number one Byron, number two Harvick, number three Larson, number four Bell, number five Reddick. Oh, that stings, and number six Blaney. Um, so again, Devil's Advocate. Again, this would tell you if you want to look at that just Phoenix as a whole from twenty twenty three. Again, Byron is kind of the guy. So yep. I know this that sucks for the, for the podcast, but that's kind of where I lean right now is. Is these two with maybe a man? It, it's hella close. It's hell. I don't think I can split it. Like this, this is probably not going to be one that I'm going to click on Tuesday. Like I think I'm going to wait until we see practice and qualifying before I click this one. Okay. Well, well, guys, it's been over an hour. Uh, we've talked your ear off about three different series. Uh, had some just road conversations about our own positions. Um, but as always, Chris will have literally every bet he places over the course of the weekend on our Twitter page on Action Network. Follow that. Uh, turn the notifications on so you can get the same numbers that he does. Um, because yeah, real quick, real yep. quick though, uh, just go ahead and put either Blaney or Byron in the same price. Put them in your parlay. I'm curious what it comes out to be. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna get to that in a second. Oh, sorry. Um, okay. No, yeah, you're. I was just, I was, I was setting you up. Um, okay, so yeah, make sure you log on to, tw- make sure you follow us on Twitter. Notifications on. Chris will have bets flying all week long. Like this is, this is his show. Uh, obviously we're hoping that good things happen for us in Mexico on the PGA tour, but you know, I'm not stupid enough to think that, uh, the mic, the, the worldwide technology championship, uh, is any, is anywhere near as prestigious as obviously the NASCAR championship weekend. So, um, make sure again, follow us on there. He will have every bet that he places. Um, and he had a pretty damn, uh, profitable championship weekend last year. If I do uh, recall, uh, Lugano was a pretty big hit for us. So, um, with that being said, We've been talking for the last hour um, about our podcast parlay, official podcast parlay for the listeners only. 
Um, we've got Carson Osefar in the Chalk Series, plus 125. We've got John Hernimacek in the Xfinity Championship, minus 125. I, I need you to pick one driver, Larson, Blaney, Byron, or Bell. Or, hell, I mean, we're talking about outrights for the race, so Hamlin, Harvick, whatever you want to do. Um, give me one driver to complete the parlay. I'm going to put it for 50 bucks, and uh, we're going to send this puppy and see if it hits home. I mean, they're the same price. It's going to be the same. So, yep. Uh, but since you're giving me one, I'm going, to, I'm going to say Byron. All right. William Byron. So, with Hosevar plus 125 to win the championship in the truck series, John Hanumacek minus 125 to win the Xfinity Series championship, and William Byron at plus 325 to win the NASCAR Cup Series championship race, the parlay comes to plus 1621, $50 to win 8, 10, 62. It is official. It is placed in I, the account. I too. <laughs> yeah. It's in the account, and uh, hey, it, that, that's why we love Championship Weekend. Just, uh, you know, we get a nice little sweat, little low-stakes sweat on uh, Friday, Saturday night, and hey, if Osuar and Nimitek win, all of a sudden, I don't mind so much if Byron wins on, on Sunday. So, um, but, yeah. I will say, I did put together, I, I typically put together a few of these just for funsies. Yeah. Um, I'll probably only make, like, one or two of them, like, Twitter official, public official, but uh, I actually already clicked the second one. Um, and- <laughs> No, I did this before. Though. I did this before. <laughs> I know, I know. Just, just like because I, I like to do them. But so I did one of like all of my like second favorite guys yeah. into one. So I've got Blaney, Allgaier, and Corey Heim into one, and it comes out to forty-two to one. So just oh, I thought you were gonna say Enfinger, To be honest with, you. okay, Corey Heim, Allgaier, and Blaney. Yeah. yeah. And you got that at forty-two to one. Yeah, I can, I can get that one. All right. So Blaney, Allgaier, Corey Heim, twenty-five to one, ten fifty. <laughs> let's let's just throw some tips in the middle. Let's toss some tips around. It's it's championship weekend. It's a party. Let's end NASCAR season. It's been a very successful one for for FHP. Um, let's end it with a bang, man. I, I feel good about um, about our futures. I mean, I've got maybe the biggest stake I've ever had on, on an individual NASCAR bet on Kyle Larson at seven to one, uh, and he's plus you know plus what one seventy to win the championship now. So. You just let it ride. What happens, happens. If it doesn't come through, it doesn't come through. But, uh, you know, it's been a pleasure talking NASCAR with you for 30-plus weeks. And, uh, man, enjoy the vacation. I know you, uh, you're you a new dad now. You got a, you got a family. Uh, not nearly as uh, free as me to sit here and grind uh, underlying stats for our individual sports. But you've done a great job all year, man. I'm sure you've made a lot of money for our followers. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, here's to one last uh, hoorah for FHP in, in season two. Yeah, absolutely. And um, for those following along for the full year, this has been my most profitable NASCAR year, which uh, I think has been a lot of fun. So hopefully you've have cashed along with us. Uh, but to kind of recap what we kind of talked about tonight, um, the only click that I have made on a Tuesday night, other than the parlays is the Carson host of art plus 125. That's the only one I really feel the most conviction about um, John Hunter. I have a lot of conviction, but I do think we could potentially see a drop in price. Uh, just because I don't expect him to qualify as well as as Allgaier or even Custer. Um, so Hunt, John Hunter is probably where the click's going to be, but I'm just waiting to see if I can get a better number. And then obviously we talked about Cup. Like I'm not making a click until we see practice and qualifying, but the leans are Byron and Blaney. So yeah, with that being said, guys, it's been fun. Last NASCAR show of the year. It's kind of bittersweet. Um, we haven't really talked about an off-season podcast, but I'm sure me and Ian will come up with some other some kind of idea. I threw on I threw an idea to him in, the, in our group chat. I don't know if it's stuck or not, but yeah. um, maybe we'll we potentially are going to talk about 
uh, the best trophies in NASCAR in the PGA world, maybe like a trophy draft of some sort. We'd like to win drafts. So, um, <laughs> or maybe we'll come up with some sort of draft to, to, you know, invite the likes of Derek and Phil and, and Skybox and all of them back on maybe. So yeah, we'll come up with something to yeah. kind of regroup and, and maybe like mid December, early January. Uh, but with that being said, we will close out the NASCAR season um, and hopefully with not just one, but maybe three tickets in hand next week. See you guys.